Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Is it weird? Is it sad that we're actually shocked that the FBI did not find classified documents in Biden's <laughs> beach home today? Like that's the bar we've set for our president? What? What? You're telling me they didn't find any classified documents? FBI searches beach home in Delaware and it took him about four hours. Looks like Hammer didn't come up with anything. Yeah, you're right. This was like the only place where he didn't apparently have classified docs. And this is the one that the FBI stormed into. I'm wondering why the FBI, I mean, the FBI just doesn't show up for searches without some sort of excuse. What did they think they were going to find there? All right, throw me the tinfoil hat. Give me the predicate. It's it's right over there. Throw it to me. All right, there it is. There it is. All right. Biden had the Department of Justice and the FBI search that house because he knew they didn't have anything there. And now the administration can say, are you happy? They searched Mar-a-Lago and they searched my beast house. The FBI does everything the same. Can we all just relax now? Tinfoil hat, put on, tight fit. Wow, that looks good on you. (laughs) But they're going to have, he's got another house in Virginia. They're going to have to search that, too. I swear to God, his his former chief of staff, Ron Klain, and this administration just kind of screwed this whole thing up. No wonder he left. Um, something curious, though, towards the end, I was reading this article. Uh, his lawyer put out a statement that said, consistent with the process in Wilmington, the Department of Justice took for further review some materials and handwritten notes that appear to relate to his time as vice president handwritten notes now if they're from biden were they in crayon (laughs) that's my question crayola uh well well, my question is why would they if it's not classified why'd they take that stuff that was just kind of a little throwaway blurb about this story for the DOJ took for further review some materials and handwritten notes that appear to relate to his time at VP. Hmm. Interesting. We'll see if they find anything. But for those of you scoring at home, the FBI has found classified documents at the think tank in D.C., which is funded by China, his Wilmington, Delaware house, the garage in Wilmington <laughs> next to the bitchin' Corvette. Um <laughs> That is but, a cool Corvette. But they didn't find anything today at the beach house in Rehoboth Beach. The FBI did say that the Bidens were fully cooperating with every step of yeah, the way. Well, fully cooperating is one thing, but actually inviting the Department of Justice and FBI is not the same thing. So I don't know about your, your tinfoil hat theory there. Now, Biden's team technically never acknowledged the FBI search of the think tank back in November. We know what happened. Every news network has reported on it, but ha 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 when she does her daily press briefings <laughs> has always dodged the question. So let's ask Joe Biden. Joe Biden, what are your thoughts on all of these classified documents being found and the search on your beach house in Delaware earlier today. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. 
Joe Biden, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, President of the United States. What does that have to do with the documents? <laughs> you got me on that one. I thought we read a real clip. Um, <laughs> now, keep in mind, on January 12th, the White House, again, during one of the daily briefings, they said over and over again that the classified document search was complete. Remember this? The, the search is clearly complete. They completed uh, the uh, uh, the search. The search is complete. Uh, he is confident in this process. You should assume that it's been completed, yes. Oh, okay. That was on January 12th. And their rating is beach home <laughs> uh, three weeks later. So 91 days ago, they found documents at the Penn Biden Center. Retroactively, they did that search 91 days ago. 43 days ago. And by the way, we didn't find out about that search until after the midterms. Correct. Just, just, a little, just a little note there. 43 days ago, they found the stash next to the vet. 20 days ago, they found more documents in Biden's home. So, yeah, they're going into his beach house today, or they went into it. Why did the Justice Department wait until today yeah. to finally search the beach house? If you were finding stuff left and right, why did you wait until now to go into one of his homes? CBS News, which normally carries the water for the left, even they're having a hard time with the, quote, transparency of the Biden administration. We know they conducted a search. This was previously undisclosed by the White House, and we don't know why. They were very public when the FBI searched the Wilmington home, his private residence in Delaware, that happened on January 20th. The search we're talking about that we learned about from two sources, that happened back in November, and now we're just learning about it right now. Um, and in terms of the timeline, early on, November 2nd was when this all started, this entire ordeal. Roughly 10 documents were found in the Penn Biden Center when President Biden's lawyers were packing things up. Um, they alerted the National Archives. National Archives alerted the Department of Justice. And we now know that the Department of Justice took this seriously enough to um, have the FBI go in and search. We keep hearing about transparency, but then you hear stories like this. So it does raise even more questions. Now, that was Gail King at the end yeah. of CBS coming off the top rope. That wasn't Laura Ingram. That wasn't Shannon Bream. That wasn't anybody on Fox. That was CBS Gail King saying, yeah, this whole transparency thing kind of stinks right here. <laughs> I'm looking at Joe Biden's house in Virginia. It's, it's a $5 million mansion, and it looks exactly like the White House. And I'm wondering what all he's got stored there. I mean, they're going to have to go look at that place, right? They've searched everywhere else. You think there aren't some documents in this? And by the way, how does President Biden afford a $5 million? How do these people afford such extravagant homes? Because he's a grifter. He's been in Washington for how long 50 now? 50 years well, I mean, well, one, you had 10% coming to the big yeah, guy. Yeah, there's a big guy. So there's some, some big money. guy money. And then all these think tanks and butt sniffers and book tours and speaking engagements and shakedowns of other foreign leaders. I mean, he's as crooked as they come. Absolutely as crooked as they come. But he's not the only one. Hell, you've got Bernie Sanders right now going on a capitalism stinks tour, selling <laughs> yeah. tickets for like $95 <laughs> on Ticketmaster. <laughs> Let that sink in for a moment. Capitalism oh, stinks. Hilarious. Tickets are on sale for 95 bucks at Ticketmaster. So <laughs> it's not just Joe Biden right now that's in the headlines. His vice president, Kamala Harris, she gave a speech yesterday about the process of astronauts taking off. 
And it sounds uh-huh. like if your kids are like in kindergarten and they're in a classroom and the teacher is reading one of those books and they turn it around and show it to the kids, <laughs> take a listen. Which brings me to May 30th, 2020. Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. They suited up, they waved to their families, and they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. And then they launched. Yeah, they did. (laughs) That was not a speech to kids. That was a speech to grown-ass adults who were wanting words of wisdom from the vice president. I, I honestly thought there there was a, like a bunch of kids sitting, you know, uh, Indian style on the floor looking up at her and, and listening to her read a children's book. It reminded me of that scene in the movie Billy Madison where yeah. Adam Sandler goes back to kindergarten and the teacher, Miss Lippy, is reading that book, The Puppy Who Lost Its Way. Which brings me to May 30th, 2020. One fine morning, (laughs) Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. A puppy popped his puppy paws out of his puppy house. They suited up, they waved to their families, and they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. This was no ordinary puppy. (laughs) This puppy was the happiest puppy in the whole world. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. They gave Happy a kiss on his wet little puppy nose. And then they launched. Yeah, they did. The end. It's the same tone. It's the same cadence as the puppy who lost its way in Billy Madison. Now, with that being said, Matt Bear, you get your ass out there and you deliver that freaking traffic. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Those goofy bastards are just about the best thing I've got going in this crazy world. 93 WIPC. Well, he finally did it. He announced his retirement, Tom Brady, retiring again for good. At least that's what he said. I remember like when Brett Favre did this like five times, right? Said yeah, he went through a number of retirements. Yeah, Michael Jordan went through not, a few. And I haven't, I actually have not seen this video yet. So, I mean, describe the tone and the tenor of what we're about to hear. I mean, do you believe him, I guess, is is what I'm asking you. I think I do this time around. Um, and now, if you remember the last time Tom Brady retired a year ago, before he had a chance to announce it himself, it got leaked out yeah. to like Adam Schefter or somebody, and he was ticked off that it got out there before he had a chance to do it himself. So he kind of addresses that in this video that he put on his Instagram. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point. Right away, I'm retiring for good. 
I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Yeah, that sounded to me like he's retiring. He's getting choked up there at the end. He was. He was. So the tone of that was very, uh, maybe morose is the wrong word, just very subdued right? and, um, and sad. Now... Let's fast forward to the NFL season. Let's say it's October, November. We're getting close to the playoff push, and a star quarterback goes down on a really good team. Somebody calls Tom Brady. Do you think he entertains the phone call? He'll entertain the phone call, sure. Whether or not he actually um, commits is another thing altogether. I don't know. Hey, you know, the Colts are looking for a quarterback. <laughs> I think Tom Brady would rather stay retired than <laughs> go to a rebuilding team right yeah. now. But if you're the 49ers <laughs> or if you're somebody that's really a good quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl right now, like I wonder if he would entertain the phone call to come back. Uh, this was my favorite tweet of the day. It came from the Babylon Bee. Quote, Joe Biden promises to replace retiring quarterback Tom Brady with a woman of color. <laughs> it's a little joke about the way the Supreme Court was yeah. handled. So <laughs> what we like to do on this program, when someone hangs it up and they go away, oh, no. we have a very emotional oh. Sarah McLaughlin style farewell. Tom Shady Brady, who deflated balls and is somehow a hero, gets to play. And Colin Kaepernick, who never did anything but try to stick up for civil rights, can't even get on the field. 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on. You know, everyone thinks we suck and, you know, can't win any games. Hey, Rock, what kind of sleepwear you sleeping in? It doesn't matter what kind of sleepwear you're sleeping in. <laughs> I'm outside of the car throwing up all over the place. Tom Brady seems like the kind of man who doesn't know how to use a wrench. <laughs> Very emotional. Was- Sarah McLaughlin-style tribute for Touching. Tom Brady. Oh, tearing up over here. Now, Tom Brady's not the only one that's about to hang it up. James, can I get some mood music? Yeah, as a bummer, Ozzy Osbourne is hanging it up. Uh, he says he's done with touring for good. 74 years old. He injured himself, had a bunch of surgeries, and he's just not physically capable of going out on tour anymore. Uh, the only time I've ever seen him in concert was when he was with Black Sabbath in 2015. How was that show? Up in Noblesville. Phenomenal. Amazing. I loved every every thing about it we had really good seats um and it was cool to see a rock and roll icon like ozzy but yeah that's sad man i I read his statement said something about he's he's figuring out ways to maybe make music but but not travel or or not actually go to venues doesn't want to tour anymore 
So. I mean, he's just getting too damn old to tour. So since we've already done a Sarah McLaughlin-style tribute, right. let's go down a different road with Ozzy tributes. I know how we like cover songs on this show, so Nige, tell me if this does anything for you. Here's Carrie Underwood doing Mama, I'm Coming Home from Ozzy. Nigel looks sick. Uh, I mean, Carrie Underwood's a great singer. Don't get me wrong, she's talented, but that you can't get better than Ozzy's version right. at all. All right. I love that song, by the way, from Ozzy. So in addition to covers, we also like mashups. mashups. Here's a little mashup of Crazy Train with <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire's September. <laughs> I like this better already. Crazy. (laughs) I think we like this a little bit better than the Carrie Underwood. Cover. Sure. And last but good. certainly not least, as a Cubs fan, we could not talk about Ozzy without oh, no. his fantastic no. version of Take Me Out to the Ball Game at Wrigley Field. Let's go out to the ball game. Let's go out Osborne, it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Hi, my name is Nigel. Hammer is right over there. It's happened again. Happens over and over and over again in this town, man. A man arrested in connection with a deadly shooting this week. Could have slash should have already been behind bars on a weapons charge. Instead, $150 cash bond and goes out and kills a 20-year-old a day later. But this must be what the people of Indianapolis want, Nigel, because the current regime keeps winning elections. Boss Hogsett won in a landslide. He's running again. Ryan Mears just got 60% of the vote. The same judges, the same losers running the city keep winning. So And they keep letting these felons out, these guys that should be in jail. The guy was on probation at the time, I believe, right? Right. So the IMPD arrested Jamerrill Hubbard on preliminary charges of murder and robbery in the death of 20-year-old Brian Ward Jr. on Monday. Ward was shot at the Carlton Apartments, uh, the 2500 block of Plaza Drive. This is on the north side. Pronounced dead at the scene. Hubbard had been arrested at the same apartment complex last Thursday. 
and faced a felony count for unlawfully carrying a handgun. Hubbard was then released from jail the very next day on what's known as a BARS bond, B-A-R-S. That's a bond that's immediately set upon arrest based on the local bond schedule. So he got out on a 150 bucks cash bond and then went out and killed again, again. And you're right. This happens over and over again here in Marion County. But maybe only the people in this room or maybe listening right now are the ones fed up with it because these losers that allow this to happen keep getting reelected. So take me through this. The guy got this the, the guy in connection with the deadly shooting was arrested on a weapons charge. Police found him sitting in an SUV in that same apartment complex with a ski mask and two unlawfully possessed handguns. Not one, but two. Yes. He was released he, then he was released from jail on that gun charge the next day even though the weapons arrest violated the terms of his probation on a drug conviction. He accepted a plea agreement for uh, possession January 20th, and he should have been in jail. Think about all the things gone it, wrong it, with this it's, loser. It's, it's just this, the system is failing. It's it, what just a failure to the victim, to the victim's friends and families, and it's over and over and over again. The woman outside the daycare center a few months ago. Guy never should have been let, let out of prison. The guy never should have been out on the streets in the first place because of prior crimes. But yet here he was. And listen, I don't want to be the guy that just bitches and complains that doesn't offer any solutions. So here's where I'm at right now. Either, and this is unpopular, you build another jail that has actually more capacity that new jail that they recently built that had less space than the old one you've got to have a big place you let some of these white collar people off if you're going to put a monitor on somebody make it somebody that was busted for theft or hasn't paid child support or something like that i'm not saying let them go but keep track of them that way. Save the jail space for violent repeat offenders. You lock up violent repeat offenders, you're going to see the crime rates go down substantially in the city. But apparently the prosecutor, the mayor, and some judges in the city, maybe they feel like if they keep letting certain people out, certain groups of the community will vote for them to get them back into power. It's gross and it's disgusting. And the fact that our mayor had this big celebration not that long ago. Well, crime, crime is down. down. Crime is down. The three biggest years of homicides in the history of the city of Indianapolis have happened in the last three years. And January was a pretty bad month for 2023. Unbelievable. Really bad uh, we got producer James in the house today. We got a story about some weird science. Hit me. Oh. Boingo, boingo. This freaks me out, man. Because I've seen Jurassic Park, and I know how this is going to turn out. Okay. Scientists claim they're ready to bring back woolly mammoths in the next four years. What? A Dallas biotech company. <laughs> has plans to reincarnate the ancient animal woolly mammoth by 2027. They're attempting to edit the woolly mammoth genes 
They've been working on this oh, since 2021. On. And officials at Colossal say they're close to bringing back the species. And once they do, these scientists plan on reintroducing these creatures into the same ecosystem <laughs> they once thrived in. So what happened? Did they find uh, mosquitoes embedded in fossils? Uh, with uh, woolly mammoth blood and DNA and inject the DNA into something else? Is that is that how that works? Jeff Goldblum was seen leaving the Colossal Center. That is one big pile of poop. <laughs> Only he didn't say poop. No, no. Officials say they hope this will make a beneficial impact on the Earth's ecosystem. Okay, what is it? What, I don't even know what that means. Woolly mammoths are going to help us out with the client we're already getting gored by like you know buffalo and yak and everything else now we got to worry about a woolly mammoth running around smoky mountains fantastic um lastly before we hit a break here we haven't done one of these in a while we have a lewd nude dude in the news here's another Did you ever go streaking at any point in your life? Never. Not a chance. Don't even like to be naked around my wife. (laughs) Your wife agrees. (laughs) 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 I certainly have had friends uh, that are much more uh, wilder than me than I was. Yeah. But you never went once? I used to streak all the time. No. I was naked a lot. Maybe... Maybe like we went to this place called Cuervo Island uh, when I was <laughs> when I was uh, at X103, and I think we all skinny dipped. That was about it. No streaking though. Okay, all right. Definitely uh, some skinny dipping, no streaking. Dateline Canada. Uh oh. Naked Canadian man arrested after streaking past the police station. <laughs> the police. I mean, if you're gonna go streaking. You- don't do it past the police station. Mounties learned of the streaker when a resident called in to report him. Uh, they managed to catch him in record time because, again, he was streaking by the police station. <laughs> Officers were getting ready to leave, and they saw the guy running by, Frank and Beans, just bouncing along. <laughs> it's going to be cold there, too. Right. Uh, he was arrested Shrinkage. and placed inside of a warm police vehicle, and then transported to cells, assessed by paramedics, and then taken in for a mental assessment. <laughs> Did you know it's a scientific fact that you cannot run and poop at the same time? Get out of here. Science. Get out of here. Science. I just hit you with some knowledge. My mind is blown, and I totally want to try. I totally want to try. I think they did try on jackass. I think. <laughs> Maybe I've got it wrong. I don't know. Uh, according to the police report, the uh, naked Canadian's reason for running around in his birthday suit has not yet been determined. Oh. This has been another lewd, nude dude in the and it's usually the reason is usually one of two things drugs or alcohol correct too much of either one of those people like to start taking off their clothes i did streak in the middle of winter once up at ball state oh. ran up and down neely street on a dare you know we were all just hammered drunk dude <laughs> I'll, I'll bet you five dollars you don't run down the street naked and it was cold it was like snow on the ground it's like you're on i, yeah. I was allowed to wear shoes <laughs> but uh that was it 
and uh, came, just one trip down, one trip back. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure there was some serious shrinkage going on there. Oh, dude, I felt winter. bad. <laughs> I was embarrassed yeah. to actually <laughs> show it off. Like, I was apologizing to people. Sorry. Oh, sorry. It's cold out, but... <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Nigel, it amazes me that we can talk about crime in the city. We'll get a few tweets. We can talk about Joe Biden and what's happening in Washington. We'll get a few tweets. We talk about whether or not you can drop a number two while jogging or running, and boom, here come the comments. One right after the other. Are people saying I'm wrong or right? So they're saying that you're wrong. Mark tweets in, speaking from failed attempts of making it to the can when the Rhea is imminent, I don't think science is correct. DMAC tweets at us, if you think you can't run and poop at the same time, then you've never run a marathon. (laughs) And Randy, I can debunk the claim about going number two and running. If you get a double flush splatter blaster ready, (laughs) it will come out sitting down or running. <laughs> Mike Pence used to sit in this chair. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Right now we've got sunshine, believe it or not, 30 degrees at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Heard you guys earlier when you were on with Kendall and Casey talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for 2023. Uh, Rage Against the Machine The Spinners Tribe Called Quest White Stripes Warren Zevon New Order uh, Missy Elliott Willie Nelson Kate Bush Iron Maiden Love to see Iron Maiden Getting some love Would love to see them get in Uh, Cindy Lauper Soundgarden I was always wondering About Soundgarden When are they going to get inducted I can't believe They they haven't been nominated uh, Before this year cheryl crow and the late george michael so i'll defer to you here nige you are the uh rock and roll guy here so if three or four of these names have to get in three or four who are the best bets oh probably kate bush uh uh, soundgarden cindy lopper um cheryl crow probably what about willie nelson uh yeah willie i mean all of them like I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of the Spinners. Maybe if you could play a song or something. I, I, I'm not very familiar with the Spinners. I'm not familiar I'm not, with New Order. Who is New Order? Joy Division, New Order. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then again, it's not really a rock and roll Hall of Fame. It's become the music Hall of Fame because some of the folks in the Hall are like Eminem and rappers and pop stars and people like that. Um, but I'm looking at this. If I had to bet as the best bet to get in, ah, man, it feels like Iron Maiden has to be in there. If you're going to call yourself a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I feel like it's Iron Maiden. I don't know. I'm not a huge Iron Maiden fan. I'm not entirely familiar with their work, and I know they're a very iconic metal band that's been around for a long, long, long time. 
Cheryl Crow, George Michael rounding out the names. Now, let's go back a few years ago. After the nominations happened and after Steve Miller and the Steve Miller band was accepted to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he went on stage and he basically ripped on the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for treating him and his family like dirt. When they told me I was inducted, they said, you can have two tickets, one for your wife and one for yourself. Want another one? It's $10,000. Sorry, that's the way it goes. They make this so unpleasant. They can, you No, we're not going to wrap this one up. I'm going to wrap you up. <laughs> I forgot about that. Somebody's telling Steve Miller to wrap it up. I'll wrap you up. That sounds like something like everybody's like uncle says when they're screwing around with the kids. I'll wrap you up. Uh, I don't really care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, honestly. I, it's yeah, all those names I just mentioned are probably have a legit reason um, uh, or a legitimate argument for going in. But Missy Elliott in the right, you know, I don't know, Miss Damina yeah, Elliott. You're going to have Missy Elliott potentially getting into the Hall of Fame. But Sticks isn't in. Like, it feels like Ario Speedwagon should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame above a tribe called Quest or even Cheryl Crow. Def Leppard. Oh, wait, did De- Def Leppard got inducted? Yeah, I think they finally yeah. got in. Yeah, they finally got in. Uh, on the subject of uh, rock, ultimateclassicrock.com put together video clips of when artists kicked fans out of their shows for various reasons. So we have Dave Grohl kicking a guy out for fighting. Oh, we've played that clip before, yeah. Angus Young of ACDC had a beer tossed on him. Oh, he grabbed the guy's nose. (laughs) He's got to hold that guy's nose after. Yeah, Angus is a little guy, too. Uh, Axl Rose threw somebody out. Um, Here, listen to this. The the, the most lame one was Axl Rose. He was running Guns, Guns N' Roses without the original lineup. It was just him and a you know a couple other guys. Here he is. Here's the audio of him interrupting a huge concert just to throw a guy out that had, of all things, a Guns N' Roses T-shirt on. Get that guy out of here! That guy right there. Are you listening to me, Mr. Security Man? That guy gone. Yeah, throw it. The shirt had slash on it, and that's why he was mad. What a pain in the... Again, that's when he was Uh. touring without slash and duff. It was just like, you know, the Chinese democracy years for for Guns N' Roses. And because the guy had a slash on a Guns N' Roses t-shirt, he threw him out. Was that the point where Axel didn't have eyebrows and he was fat? Because he went through a period where he was real fat and didn't have eyebrows, and it was kind of weird. And cornrows yeah, as well. right. <laughs> Here's the time. I've never heard this one before. Uh, during uh, an acoustic Nirvana song, Kurt Cobain saw a guy groping a woman in the crowd, and he threw down his guitar and pointed the guy out to security, and the entire band laughed at him as he was getting escorted out. Feel, anybody? Feel, huh? Look at him! Look at him! Huh? Look at him! Look at him! Huh? Cop of the feel, eh, buddy? Yeah, I mean, 
Okay, what if... You can be I groping mean, chicks. You gotta, you gotta throw them out of there. Sure, but what if the chick was digging it? Like, what if it was, you know, they were both on consensual. X and you know, it was consensual and <laughs> having a good time and here's, you know, Kurt Cobain up there being the fun police. <laughs> X. Are you talking about ecstasy? <laughs> do they? Did, did the kids still do the ecstasy? I think the, the kids the do Molly? the Molly. I think the kids do the fentanyl oh, now, which geez. is substantially more dangerous. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot coming up. Top stories: the latest crime numbers in Indy. They're finalized for January. We'll break it down for you next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. So the uh, final January crime numbers for Indy are in Hammer, and they are uh, depressing, to say the least. What do we got? Right now, as of February 1st, Indianapolis, Indiana, we are on pace for 259 homicides. Wonderful. And what's depressing is that's not even the record. 271 was the record in 2021. And again, the last three years have been the three highest totals in the history of the city of Indianapolis. Here is Joe Hawkset talking about crime. We were very um, encouraged by the investments that we've been making. Uh, given the fact that our overall criminal homicide number in 2022 was below not only that of 2021, but also 2020. That's, that's not something to brag about. <laughs> You're still pretty high there, bud. I mean, if that's your victory lap, well, we didn't set a record. Yeah, but all three of the biggest numbers of homicides this city has had, and it's a long, long history it's happened under your watch. So in January, 83 people were shot, 19 were stabbed, and 22 people were killed in 31 days. And that's just in Indianapolis. Right. That's just Indy. The that's record a- for January was 24 back in 2021. 24 killed. Right. And that included a mass killing of six people yeah. at one instance. So do the math here. 83 shot, 19 stabbed. That's 102 people shot or stabbed in January. That's an average of 3.29 people shot or stabbed every single day. Somebody is killed in Indianapolis every 33.8 hours. Some of those are wholly preventable. Some of these people that are killing other people, shooting them dead, should be in jail. That should have already been in jail for previous violations, parole violations. You get like the guy that uh, killed the twenty-year-old on the north side. He should have been in jail. He should have been in. He should not have been out in the first place. So we always think of Chicago as like this epicenter of crime, like ground zero for crime and murder. Well, here's a little reality check. Chicago has three times the population of Indianapolis. Indy had 22 homicides in January. Chicago had 43. So if Indianapolis had the same population of Chicago, we would have 67 homicides to their 43. That's crazy. Per capita, we are outpacing Chicago, and it's not even close. I mean, that's unacceptable. They're blaming it. They're blaming it on Indy's Indy's gun laws. The guns are coming from Indiana. That's why the crime is so bad in Chicago. Remember that old chestnut? Right. That old excuse? Okay. 
And it's funny when you've got leaders of the city last year saying, well, if you have constitutional carry, everybody's going to have a gun. We're going to have a lot more shootings. The same people who said that are celebrating the fact that we did not set a record last year. So that argument kind of cancels itself out. It's not a gun culture. It's a bad repeat offender culture. That's what it is. And very rarely is it somebody doing their first crime. We've mentioned it before. We talked about it last hour. If you could find a way to lock up violent, violence the key word here, violent habitual offenders, you will see the crime numbers get back to something respectable again. But people in the city don't want that to happen, whether it's a prosecutor, whether it's the mayor, whoever runs for mayor, whether it's Hogsett, whether it's the folks trying to primary him, hell, whether it's Abdul, I don't know. I hope somebody finally addresses this. It's not going to be Hogsett. We know this. But per capita, Indy outpacing Chicago. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's facts are facts. It's gross. Um, the IMPD said they're going to host a series of town halls on crime. Uh, they're going to happen every two weeks, and the first one is scheduled for next week. Now, each one of these is going to be at 6 o'clock in the evening. It's a virtual town hall with the respective police departments on each side of town. So February 7th, uh, the Southeast District, and then two weeks later, it's downtown, so on and so on. I, I like this idea, and I don't know if it's possible, but it just feels like these are things that need to be done in person. Maybe I'm alone on this. Maybe you can reach more people this way. But I think if you really want to make a connection, it's got to be in person. Okay, that's a good point. But you just said it yourself. I think you're reaching more people this way. More people that can't get out of the house, can't find a babysitter, uh, are maybe at work or just uh, not available to, to go out that night. I think a virtual town hall is probably the next closest to the next best thing you could do. I don't mind that. I think what you're going to have, though, is the folks that probably need to watch that won't watch it. Now, I think if it were in their community and it was that night at a local rec center or whatever you have, the local high school gym, maybe more people would show up. But, man, it's just tough saying, listen, find time, get online, watch this. The people that are not committing crimes will watch it. But that's not who we're trying to reach here. So, But at this point, anything helps. Whatever helps. We got a little booze news. Let's oh, do that. Please. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. To present. Booze news, booze news. Yeah. And I, I, I wasn't going to drink today, but I've got this killer headache. I mean, you, you see me walking around here wincing in pain and starting to believe that beer is the only cure for this thing. I don't know. Dude, I have had I that like, same thing the last couple like, of days. It's like pulsing in the back of my head. Like It's, it's like I'll, I'll be walking around. It just kind of shoots up the back of my my brain. Like when you like, call for a yeah, sneeze, yeah, does yeah, it yeah. just feel like it's going to yes. explode? Yes. Yep. I know exactly what you're going through. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe beer. First of all, let's hear from Homer Simpson and his thoughts. To here. alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> you know, maybe we have headaches because we drink so much, but maybe it'll help the headache yeah, go away. Exactly. Look at that. It's called hair of the dog. <laughs> uh, look at this, man. 
the United States, uh, Americans' consumption of alcoholic beverages has been on a steady incline since 95, a whopping 7.9 billion gallons consumed in 2020. 7.9 billion. That marks a 1 million plus increase in gallons drunk from the previous year. Now, of course, what happened in 2020? The COVID lunacy. Dude, I did some of my best boozing. (laughs) I uh, became an unofficial bartender during COVID. You you were. You did. I was buying stuff Uh, that I don't even normally drink, but it was on sale. I would go home, and the wife hated it, because I would go home and just watch cable news every night. And and some of it was Trump's three-hour-long COVID press conferences that he would have. They were so... I was addicted to watching that stuff. And, yeah, of course, I'd pour a drink as soon as I walked in. Every time you see Deb's scarf, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Different person's scarf. Um, and according to this study in the same article, states that drink the most alcohol per capita, New Hampshire. Really? Followed by Delaware and Washington, D.C. is third. Coming in dead last was Utah. Indiana was 28th. Well, that's not bad. On that list. No, it's not. That's not bad. I thought we'd be a little bit higher. And imagine what that number would be if all of these lunatics stopped with this dry January crap. <laughs> like, that's like the new trend. Oh, I'm not drinking this January. Uh, well, great. That's more for me. Our, our pal Abdul just posted about this on Facebook. Another successful dry January. I lost another eight pounds down to, 200, down to 212. Congratulations. That's pretty good, Abdul. I lost 50 last year, yeah. and we still did beer sample Friday, <laughs> yeah, every, every Friday, and sometimes before Friday. <sighs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see what's in the beer fridge. I'll be right back. I hate you. Bring me one. Emma <laughs> Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Oh, Hammond, how do we play Is This Anything? I got a couple stories in front of me. I'm going to tell you about these stories. All right. And you tell all of us if the story is really anything or not. Is this anything? A JV girls basketball coach in Virginia being accused of impersonating a 13-year-old to play on the JV girls basketball team. <laughs> 22-year-old Arlisha Boykins is said to have taken the place of a student athlete that was out of town for a tournament. Here is the father of the player that the coach was impersonating speaking out against the school. Coaches, you know, always preach to these kids about integrity and those type of things, so I was just shocked. I just need, you know, an apology, you know, because I haven't yet received one from you know the overseer of the program or nothing you know he just came out and just told us the stipulations of what was going to happen but there was no apology See, i disagree i think this coach did everything possible to help the team win including right. including impersonating a girl that's 10 years younger than her <laughs> 22-year-old going yeah. out there just balling on these JV <laughs> yeah. girls. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, first of all, all she has to do is say, I identify as a 13-year-old. Bingo. Right? That's and all in Virginia, they should love that kind of crap out there, right? That's the ground zero for ridiculous school policies. I, I don't, I believe, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever heard of somebody doing this, though. 
You've not heard of this, have you? Well, there was an ESPN situation where they had like high school football on Friday nights. And there was this team um, that wasn't really high school kids. It was like local people from around the area. And they conned ESPN on getting on television. Now, they got their doors blown completely off by like a really good high school team, but it was a bunch of dudes, like grown-ass men. (laughs) Shut up! James, you remember this, right? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, so it was Bishop Sycamore was Bishop Sycamore, that's it. How long ago was this? This was like a year or two ago or something. Right. (laughs) And they, but they weren't high school kids? Were they older than high school kids? I I think some of them were like in their (laughs) (laughs) mid-twenties. And they still, they got their... The brakes beat off of them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I disagree. This coach should be given an award, doing everything in their power to help the team win. I want to see highlights. I like, do, too. Was she out there like yeah. Billy Madison and dodgeball? Just <laughs> Now you're all in big, big trouble. <laughs> Peyton Manning with a bunch of elementary school kids just launching the football at him. <laughs> Go sit in the portal. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see the tape of this. Is this uh. anything... An attractive woman has gone viral with a video of herself on a Zoom call telling a potential client she wants to work with a female rep. Okay. During a previous call with the main rep, other guys on his staff had written down really inappropriate comments about her. First of all, if we're going to continue working together, I want to work with a woman sales representative because I don't want to have to see locker room talk about myself when you're sharing screens. I know that was a mistake, but I, I don't want to see. I just don't want to see like locker room talk about myself. So if we could. We have a couple of really good RSMs actually that you'll be able to work with. So okay. 100% completely understand and that's inexcusable. They share the screen and shouldn't be talked about. So apologies on that. Boy, people get in trouble in those Zoom calls, don't they? I don't think people are... Somewhere Jeffrey wh- Tubin's going, <laughs> preach, brother! <laughs> preach! She said it's that, 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 she, that actually made it in a news story I saw. She told the reporter one guy on the Zoom call called her an effing bombshell. She's hot! She's skinny blonde. And so they were kind of, when she just said locker room talk, I think they were commenting on her looks and how hot she was. And right. I, I, you know, locker room talk can get pretty gross right (laughs) i've been in the locker room i've got friends who are athletes and what these guys said was not locker room talk (laughs) locker room talk is way worse i promise you that what do you think about her putting it out on tiktok though pay attention to me yeah i can't believe these guys are talking about what a bombshell i am (laughs) because in my mind she slowly does that turn like zoolander (laughs) yeah and then and then then, (laughs) Zoolander, yeah. And then she asks to work for a female rep. Well, what if the female rep is vulgar? What if the female rep happens to be attracted to you? Right. Would you ever, assuming a lot in your life, would you ever be upset if somebody on a Zoom call said, boy, that Nigel, he's so damn no. handsome? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what this thing, I mean, they have, there's this thing about catcalling and how it offends women, but if the roles were reversed... And I'm walking down the sidewalk, and somebody, I'd be like, thank you very much. I still got it. Still got it. Yeah. (laughs) Start walking like Vince McMahon at that point. (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. All right. The FBI was rooting around in Joe Biden's vacation home in Delaware today looking for classified documents. Didn't find anything. Also happening today, the guy Robert Hur, it's the special counsel guy overseeing the the possibility that, that Joe Biden mishandled these documents takes over today. He begins work today on the his special counsel duties. So they didn't find any classified docs today. And I'm wondering if they're going to search for the Virginia home oh, of Joe yeah, Biden. Oh, yeah, man. Have you seen that thing? A $4.7 million mansion in Virginia. Uh, yeah, you would have to expect at this point point in time it doesn't look like they're i mean the, this this probe is speeding up it's heating up i mean he's they've been to several different i mean the, the the think tank uh his other house next to the vet more classified documents in the in the in his uh bedroom uh, well in the house somewhere in the house right and now they're uh, rooting around in his vacation home i did think it was interesting um, it was just kind of a throwaway line at the end of the article that uh his lawyer joe biden's personal lawyer uh, Bob Bauer said that consistent with the process in Wilmington, the DOJ took for further review some materials and handwritten notes that appear to relate to his time as VP. Interesting. So why do they take him if they're not classified? I'm really that that kind of is raising a kind of a little bit of a red flag for me. Now keep in mind. Just because we have been finding out recently about some of these raids doesn't mean that's when they happened. So here's a little timeline here. 91 days ago, 91, that's when documents were found at the think tank center. 43 days ago, that's when they found documents in Biden's garage. 20 days ago, that's when they found more documents in Biden's home. So... Mm. Earlier today, Joe Biden was asked about all of these documents and the timeline. Here's what he had to say. You ain't black. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You get me to that every time. I, I keep thinking we're going to a legitimate clip of Joe Biden talking about these documents. You ain't black. And the thing is, I've got so many clips I can use. <laughs> like, it was so hard just to find the ones that I wanted to use. Oh, man. we got to figure out Good what we want to do for our madness this year. Like, in the past, we've had Biden madness. We've had COVID hypocrisy madness. Mm. Do we want to do a round two of Biden madness? Because we've got a lot more material now. Like, what do you, like, quotes, favorites, things he said? Quotes, gibberish, you know, things that don't make sense. My memory is so bad because we were talking about this a week or two ago, and we were trying to come up with uh, a new brand. We came up with an idea. And I totally forgot what it was. I, I have no clue what it was. My memory is so bad. We thought it was a good idea. Let's come back to that. Right. But if we can't remember, because we do drink a lot, <laughs> I'm not above Cheers. round two of Biden madness. We get a lot more material. Mm. That is a tasty beverage. Dateline San Francisco. By the way, do you remember who won COVID hypocrisy? The bracket? Do you remember? Who it was, up, um, the, was it Pelosi? No, it was Dr. Box. Oh, here in here in Indy, a local favorite. Yeah, Doctor Box won COVID hypocrisy madness <laughs> yeah. for finger wagging you and telling you to stay home, wear a mask, and he went out to her wedding, and she's out there doing the wobble. 
mask free, having a good time. <laughs> That's right. Okay, because I was in Arizona when you had the finals and you had to call me. I think we've gotten the most response uh, from Biden madness, but COVID hypocrisy madness may have been my yes, personal favorite. Yes. Uh, Dateline San Francisco. A San Francisco pizza shop has fired employees who told police officers they were not welcome Good. inside the police, the uh, pizza shop. See ya. The employee was a trainee on his third day and was let go, according to the pizza shop. Good. I mean, that's the attitude some people have. And uh, I'm glad the pizza shop took the side of the cops, for sure. I got to be honest. I didn't expect the pizza shop in San Francisco siding with the police yeah. here. I was a little surprised by that. Well, you got to remember, in San Francisco, they recalled their uh, district attorney, their prosecutor, um, really radical, Bowden, uh, I believe it was his name. And they, I mean, because crime is crime and drugs, the streets are out of control. And so in San Francisco, a pretty progressive place like San Francisco, for them to recall their prosecutor and put put someone in there that's that's going to be a lot tougher on crime is is pretty amazing to me. Did you hear that, Indianapolis? No kidding. Did you hear that? San Francisco, San Fran freaking Cisco got rid of their prosecutor because he was so bad at his job. But here in Indianapolis, you keep electing Baldy McTennishoes into office every <laughs> single time he runs. So earlier today, Alejandro Mayorkas, Alejandro, DHS, Alejandro. <laughs> DHS secretary, he had a disaster of an interview with MSNBC. I mean, this was a train wreck. So I'm going to play you some audio here. This is when he was asked by NBC News if he knew where the gotaways were or if he knew who they were. So do you know where they are and, and who they are, the people that don't get, don't request asylum when they arrive here? So for the first time since 2011, president of the United States presented a budget successfully that increased the number of Border Patrol agents. For the first time this year, we have 300 more Border Patrol agent Answer the question. Uh, eligibility yeah, what positions than we did in the past. We are making tremendous strides. We are devoting tremendous resources the question. to enhance our border security, and we will keep at it. Do you know where they are and who they are? So, gotaways have been a challenge from year to year, but what we are doing is we are dedicating people, uh, physical assets, and an increasing reliance and use of innovative technology to enhance our visibility and our interdiction capabilities. Answer the question. <laughs> he asked it twice. Here, here's how many gotaways have come into the country since Joe Biden took office. 1.2 million. Uh, gotaways, by the way, we were talking a little bit about this yesterday, illegal immigrants who, who actually they, they run, they try to get away from ICE, they try to get away from the Border Patrol, uh, but they're actually, they're spotted by other forms of surveillance. They don't want to be fingerprinted. They don't want to claim asylum. Under Joe Biden right now, you cross the border and you claim asylum for any reason, even if it's not legitimate, you got it. But these guys are drug dealers. They're uh, smuggling fentanyl. They're gang members. They're sexual predators. Those are the those are the people that are entering our country, uh, entering our country uh, at a rapid pace. Been and, averaging about twenty four hundred a day so far. And Alejandro doesn't have any idea who some of these people are, where they're going. Three hundred thousand, three hundred thousand illegal gotaways in the last four months. Yeah, 
300,000. And like you said, 1.2 million since Biden took office. All right. So the same interview goes on. Here he is talking about how the illegals crossing over into the U.S. will get work very quickly. It's very important that people understand that when they take advantage of this parole process, they come to the United States and they very quickly receive work authorization. They receive the ability to work lawfully in the United States, and we've been issuing that work authorization very quickly. And so they can sustain themselves. They have the means to support themselves and their loved ones. Okay. 30000 a month. 30000 that's fine if you're telling me this, but if you're going to tell me that they can get jobs, all of them have been offered jobs right away, why are my tax dollars going for this then? If they can support themselves, I don't want another penny of tax dollars going to support any of these people. Then. You see that they're not the, the migrants that were bussed to those hotels, those swanky hotels in New York, refusing to leave <laughs> in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. They don't want to leave. Well, they're like having, no, they don't. They're having sex in the hallways and drinking in the lobby, and they they're supposed to. They were scheduled to go to a shelter in Brooklyn, and they don't want to go. Meanwhile, you have American homeless people living on the street, just, uh, you know, in all horrible conditions. Some of them vets. Veterans, absolutely. And they don't want to go because, I mean, quite frankly, they're getting a good deal right now. Again, if you're going to tell me all of these people, every damn one of them has been offered a job and the right to support themselves. All right. Support yourself then. No more money. No more money. You guys are cut off. And the final part of this interview, and again, this was not a good look for Mayorkas. Here he is flat out telling you about Title 42. We have tried to end Title 42, which is not an immigration authority. It is a public health authority. We were blocked from doing so uh, by the courts. This is the guy that's really in charge of what's going on. I know Kamala's the czar, but Kamala's a moron. This guy, he's actually in charge. And yes, he's a moron too, but he's flat out telling you, yeah, we're trying to get rid of Title 42. Yeah. So based off of everything he said in this brief interview with MSNBC, they want the border wide open. They just want you to walk across, get a job, help out. We'll try to get you a ballot. And that's how it's going to play <laughs> out. Just a train wreck of an interview and of all the people in Biden's administration. And there are some real zeros. I mean, there are some real Melvins there are in some Biden's, <laughs> Biden's administration. This guy, this clown, Mayorkas, may be the worst. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Sunshine and 29 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Are you afraid of it? So uh, Mitch Daniels saying that he's not going to run for Senate. You have Tom Brady retiring. You have Ozzy Osbourne retiring from touring. And on top of everything else... The Dr. Phil Show oh, is no. ending. Our favorite guy, Dr. Phil. Friend of the show, Dr. Phil. Uh, hanging him up, huh? Two decades on the air. Two decades. He started doing shows when he was in his 50s. 
Now he's now 72 years old. <laughs> I miss the old days of the late show with David Letterman. Back when he was doing comedy and he wasn't just bashing politics left and right. Yeah. Because I remember when Dr. Phil first came onto the scene, he told everybody that was Oprah's lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's Stedman. That's Stedman. <laughs> 72 years old. Yeah. Dr. Phil says he's stepping back from the daytime show for other ventures. Um, it sounds like he wants to do like some primetime specials and things like that. So maybe the grind of a day-to-day TV show... It's getting to be a little much. I mean, he's 72 years old. I don't think I've watched an entire episode of Dr. Phil in my life. Really? You didn't see the episode where the uh, Cash Me Outside girl was catapulted (laughs) into superstardom? They never catch me. Ain't nobody going to catch me. Because you're too streetwise? Yup. And all these hoes laughing like so funny. She's talking about the audience, that they're laughing at her. Did you say the... The, the hoes are laughing? Yeah. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Catch me outside. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? <laughs> Man. That's, that's one of those sayings. Like when he goes, did you say the, the, the hoes? Did, did you say the... The, the hoes are laughing. <laughs> so the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. The, the, the Catch me hoes. outside. How about that? That's one of those ones where I mutter to myself sometimes. I'll just be, <laughs> you know, walking around the house. Did you say the, the, the hoes are uh, laughing? The hoes are laughing. <laughs> uh, Dr. Phil said there could be a new partnership scheduled for a launch early next year for some prime time special like oh, programming. Okay. So if you're into Dr. Phil, you can still get your fix. But I think what we need right now here at the Hammer and Nigel show are some good old-fashioned deep thoughts from our friend, Dr. Phil. And now, Deep Thoughts with Dr. Phil. You rotten bitch. Deep Thoughts (laughs) with Dr. Phil. James, do you feel enlightened? Do you feel more at ease after a deep thought? Oh, absolutely. I am, I am pure zen right now. What about you, Nige? Do you feel better? My headache's gone. I'm laughing. It's, I'm feeling good. Did, did you say you're laughing? The, 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 the hoes are laughing. laughing. I still feel a little bit of a headache. Oh, so no. honestly, I, I could use another one. And now, Deep Thoughts with Dr. Phil. You want a piece of me, bitch? Deep Thoughts <laughs> with Dr. Phil. Oh... That's my favorite one. You want a piece of me, witch? <laughs> oh, that's so great. And I'm assuming these clips are just taken out of context. They are so funny. <laughs> they are so funny. I'm, I'm sure he's probably just repeating a phrase or a word that his guest had, had meant said or something like that. You know what I mean? You told your mother, quote, you want a piece of me. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> but it's fun when you take it out of context. Well, of it course is. it is. And we're going to do it one more time. Okay. And now, Deep Thoughts with Dr. Phil. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. Deep Thoughts with Dr. Phil. Uh, you know, after hearing all these, I don't want a show to go away now. I wanted to keep on, keep it on so we could have more sound bites. What was that? there's a youtube clip out there where uh 
everybody on Dr. Phil's set has his face. <laughs> like somebody has superimposed Dr. Phil's face. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I Is do. That, like, I'll see so, if I can find it, and so I'll put that out I on Twitter. I think you did it for the Cash Me Outside girl. So even she looks like Dr. Phil. The <laughs> audience, they're all full of people that look like Dr. Phil. The, the hoes. <laughs> it's a great piece of... Uh, great piece of work i'll see if i can find that and i'll post that uh, on our twitter and facebook uh coming up here in just a little bit we have an update in the delphi uh killings uh today the prosecution they made some movement they want to eliminate bail yeah they doubled down on that uh, no bail thing so Greg we'll get I. into the weeds with that i want to ask you about nikki haley she apparently is going to announce she's running for president here in a week or two. Who do you think has a better chance of winning the presidency, Nikki Haley or Ralph Macchio? Because <laughs> i got to be honest with you, I, I'm Team Macchio. I like Nikki Haley. I, I, I know she had her issues with Trump. She worked under Trump for uh, a couple of years as ambassador to the United Nations. But I don't, I mean, she probably has just as good a chance as like a guy like Pompeo or Mike Pence. Right. And none of them have a chance. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's either going to be Trump or DeSantis. Right. It's either Trump or DeSantis, and that's it. Nikki Haley doesn't have a chance. So we'll get into that a little bit. And also coming up, we got Casey Daniels with the side piece and Tony Kennett. There is some drama going on in Pendleton. Man. That school district. It's a mess. What are you doing up there? That's coming up next. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Donald Trump may have his first GOP primary challenger. Nikki Haley possibly announcing this week that she will throw her hat in the ring. She's really hoping DeSantis wins because she knows she's not going to win. She's lining herself up to get a cabinet gig and Trump ain't going to pick her. So she's hoping Ron DeSantis gets this thing. Then she can pull that Mayor Pete route where she can have a gig in somebody's cabinet. You don't think Trump would pick her? I mean, she already worked for Trump for two years. She's Um, also bashed the dude. Like, she's kind of gone back and forth. Yeah, well, she reportedly called Trump and asked for, I don't know if ask for his blessing is the right (laughs) word. But she reportedly called Trump and, and he said, do what your heart tells you to do. So we could hear an announcement very soon from Nikki Haley. She's never lost an election. She was the first governor of South Carolina. Um, she checks off female the, governor. I, I'm sorry, the first female governor of South Carolina, and um, she checks off that that identity box of being in, of, uh, coming from Indian heritage. Right, but so, she doesn't go out there like Elizabeth Warren know, and rub uh, it all in your face. You know, <laughs> arriving on a horse. <laughs> um, but her her heritage is actually from India. So, um, you know, and there's people already slamming her. Pompeo's who's running has slammed her for leaving the Trump administration two years in. And Right. If Trump's know, she, all about loyalty, and he said that, if he's all about loyalty, I don't think he's picking Nikki Haley for anything if he wins. She knows she's not going to win. We all know it. Pompeo's not going to win. Nikki Haley's not going to win. She is hoping that Ron DeSantis gets yes. that gig, yep. and then she can weasel her way into the cabinet. And I do think Ron DeSantis 
DeSantis is angling for an announcement here as well. But I don't think we're going to hear anything from him until later this year. He's There's got no, no reason to rush this thing. Not at all. Uh, the FBI searched Biden's beach house, and they said they didn't find anything, which uh, is curious to me. But the DOG, I'm sorry, the DOJ did say that they took handwritten memos and other documents from Biden's beach house, which was curious to me. Not classified. Doc. If they weren't classified, why did they take those that other stuff? Right. Talking? It was just almost a kind of a, a throwaway line at the end of the story I was reading. They, they took uh, handwritten notes and other documents that weren't classified. What's going on? The fact that we're surprised they didn't find classified documents feels like that's a bit of a story in itself. I can't believe yeah. they didn't find a big <laughs> trough of classified documents. But are they going to? So where all have they been? So far. So they went to the, the, uh, the think tank. The think tank. They went to his other Delaware home. This was his beach house over at Rehoboth Beach. And he's got a place in, are they going to search in Virginia? He's got a place in Virginia as well. Is the FBI going to go knocking on his door at four o'clock in the morning? <laughs> they uh, probably you know, won't do that. Like they've but... done with uh, some of the other uh, Republican uh, people associated with the Trump administration. Joe Biden spoke about this earlier, and this is what Joe Biden had to say about all of the classified document searches. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, Joe Biden <laughs> you got me speaking about the classified document you, you, search. You got me with that one. <laughs> I thought it was going to be real clip. <laughs> anyway. If it's near and dear and uh, how soon until we get one of those deer and Kevlar vest jokes from Biden about <laughs> yeah. this whole process oh, here? Boy, Second Amendment. That's what he always goes to. Deers need Kevlar vests. I mean, he really thinks he's Jeff Foxworthy telling that you might be a redneck jokes. This is what the people are wanting. OK, um, so ahead of an upcoming bail hearing. Uh. For the Delphi murders, Carroll County oh. prosecutors kind of doubled down on their request to keep Richard Allen, the suspect, in custody without bond. Yeah. The lead prosecutor, Nicholas McLean, he filed the state's response to Allen's petition for bail yesterday. And basically, the prosecution is saying, we have enough evidence here, and it's such a heinous crime, that there's enough here, this guy doesn't need to get bail. Now, we're not really going to find anything out until February 17th. That's when Judge Fran Gull is going to hear the arguments from both sides, uh, the prosecution and the defense, in that bail hearing on February 17th. Imagine, I, I don't know what the dollar amount would be, but I imagine it'd be too high for him to get anyway. He couldn't afford his own attorney. Yeah, exactly. That's a a court-appointed attorney for him uh, taking care of uh, his defense. Uh, I don't think he should be out. I I agree with the prosecutors and the the evidence to me. I mean, just the unspent shell casing that they found between the girls' bodies that they traced back to his gun that he admitted that he owned is, I, I look at that, I mean, like, that's a big one. That's a smoking, you know, gun. It's probably not the right way. It's a bad pun there. But, I mean, that is, to me, but what the defense is going to do is just bring in an expert that says the science that they used to trace it back to his gun wasn't, 
you know, it's bunk. Somewhere Ryan Mears is listening to this going, ah, hell, just put an ankle bracelet on him. (laughs) That's what we do around here, and things work out so well, like we talked about earlier. Ah, just throw an ankle monitor on him. He's going to be fine. Um, A new study says people are 50% more likely to listen to the advice of their friends and family over an expert in the field they're concerned about. Does this make sense for you? So if you've got an issue, let's say you've got something going on in your life, you're more likely to listen to your friends and family than you are like a professional counselor. Like a psychiatrist or something like that, or a psychologist. Or an expert. Uh, Like, let's say you've spent way too much money gambling and drinking. You're like, man, (laughs) i got to save money better. You, according to this report, are more likely to listen to me than you are a professional finance Well, group. look, if I come to you and I say, hey, look, man, I've been drinking too much, what should I do? What is, what's going to be your recommendation? Crack open a beer and hand it to you. <laughs> See? <laughs> See, that's the problem right there. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd probably defer to an expert uh, on, on something, uh, I, I, you know, whatever scenario you could work out. I mean, look, if it's if there's something wrong with my car and it's making a weird noise, I'm not going to call my mom and say, hey, do you know what I should do? I'm going to go to the mechanic. <laughs> True. <laughs> but let's say you're having relationship problems. According to this survey, yeah. this study, you're more likely to listen to Rob Kendall than you are a marriage counselor. <laughs> Boy, I'd be in trouble then. Our very own counselor is Matt Bear, and he's standing by in the WIBC Traffic Center. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Time for the side piece with Casey Daniels from the Kindle at Casey Show. How are you? I'm freezing. I know you're both spoken for, but can we cuddle or something? Because it is so cold in the studio and our offices. Well, it is 20 degrees outside, so. It's true, but I I really feel like. It's 18 in the studio. I feel like our landlord is trying to freeze us out. Oh, my gosh. They want us out of here. They sold us. They're like, get out. (laughs) Yeah, that's the way they're going to get rid of us. They played loud rock music to try to get the Branch Davidians out. Mm -hmm. They're trying the freeze out approach with us. Right. It's it's working. They play, they play so loud old. classical music to get the bums to stop hanging around the 7-Eleven. They had that story in Texas. <laughs> yep. Like opera music. Well, and then, did you hear that McDonald's is doing the same thing? They're starting to play no. Beethoven at some of their places after 5 p.m. <laughs> so people don't loiter. Who's loitering at a McDonald's? I think that's called eating, actually. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, it, it's kind of ramping up this Trump v. DeSantis Feud. Mm-hmm. Heard you guys talking a little bit about this today. Yeah. Uh, so Trump has been saying that he's not loyal. And the problem that I have right now with Trump is that he said DeSantis was trying to rewrite history when it comes to how he handled the COVID-19 outbreak. Right. And that he closed Florida for yep. a long period of time. And that's just not true. 
You lived in Florida. I was there when it happened. So you guys remember, I moved there on March 10th, and March 12th of 2020 was when Tom Hanks came out and said he had COVID, and that's when everybody's ears perked up and went, oh, what is going on? That was like the domino thing. Like, yeah. That's when basketball players are getting pulled off the yes. court, and oh my God, Tom Hanks has this mm-hmm. now. And then it was that following weekend when everybody started to rush out and buy the toilet paper, and then it was two weeks later that they started shutting stuff down, right? So we're talking about March. March 27th, 2020. Well, on May 10th of 2020, that was Mother's Day. I was out eating at a restaurant in Florida that was open. So it was just about a couple of months, maybe not even that. It was like five weeks, right? And so May 10th, 2020, I was out at a restaurant with my daughter eating on Mother's Day, as you tend to do on Mother's Day. You're allowed to go on the beach. Right. Right. And then... Two weeks later, I came back to Indiana for her high school graduation because she was the class of 2020. And guess where her high school graduation was held? The couch in the living room because she didn't have one because the state of Indiana was still closed down. But for Trump (laughs) to say that DeSantis is trying to rewrite history and that he actually had Florida closed down for a very long period of time, it's just not true, especially when you compare like Florida to Indiana. It was open. I was there. And you know what? The thing about Ron DeSantis and Florida, all right, yes, at the very beginning, you know, had some restrictions in place. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people yeah. didn't know about this virus, but the more time went on, after a couple of weeks, Nige and I, we were still coming to work. We were very fortunate to still come to work. Mm-hmm. We kind of looked around and thought, you know what? We don't see people dropping dead in the streets. We don't see a lot of this kind of fear and doom Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are talking about. Body bags piling up in in hospital hallways. Yeah. Right. People were sick. People were dying, as is the case when there's a virus going around. But it wasn't the hellfire and brimstone that they made it out to be. But yet Eric Holcomb kept everything in place long after. Mm -hmm. We already knew this. But Governor DeSantis said, you know what? Let's just be careful. We're going to open stuff up. Mm -hmm. You do you. Want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. If you don't, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, my neighbor's kids in Florida were still going to school. They were masked. Yep. They, I mean, they, they did have the mask, but like here, (laughs) they closed the schools down. Uh, Was that a major bummer for your daughter? I mean, obviously. You know what, Nigel? You want me to go off the rails? You want me to pull a Rob Kendall? Because let me tell you, uh, so daughter and her class, they were the first graduating class post 9-11. They were all born right before or right after 9-11, right? So they grew up under the war on terrorism. And then they get to high school and you finally think, okay, they're coming of age. We've got a handle on this war on terrorism. Things are starting to look up as they enter the world in adulthood. And what happens? Graduation. I mean, their last day of high school, that class of 2020, they didn't know it was their last day ever of seeing their friends. She did not have a high school graduation. I've got a video of her switching her tassel in our family room. And I asked her recently, you know, she goes to Purdue. She's a junior and she's set to graduate sometime next year. And I asked her, are you going to walk in graduation? I wasn't sure. I was just kind of like, no pressure. You can, you can't. Not everybody walks in college graduation. And she looked at me and she was like, 
well, Mom, I didn't have a high school graduation. I'd exactly. kind of like to walk at college. Yeah. And I was like, amen, girl. I'm going to be there. Just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. You know what the other thing about um, this DeSantis-Trump thing? Trump called him a globalist. Mm-hmm. Oh, DeSantis is hanging out with Jeb Bush the other day. Well, you're the one that told us to vote for him. You're the one that told Floridians to vote for him exactly. in 2018. He gave him the endorsement. He gave him the endorsement. Now you turn around and said, well, I, I guess uh, I told you to vote for a globalist. Mm-hmm. Well, my question is... Does he realize that that's what he's saying? How long does DeSantis have to remain beholden to Trump, to Trump for that endorsement? It's been like five years now. Trump thinks it's forever. Can he be his own man <laughs> ever? Or is he always going to have to ingratiate himself to Trump? Well, here's the other thing that people need to realize is that Trump was, you know, p- part of Operation Warp Speed, the vaccines. Get mm-hmm. those vaccines out there. Mandates, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And and Ron DeSantis is now investigating so some of the shenanigans going on mm-hmm. with the vaccine. So that could be kind of uh, DeSantis's way to get back at Trump and say, hey, look, you push these things on us, right? now and they're not working very well and mm-hmm. and you rushed it yeah DeSantis, be careful. DeSantis has a lot of money in his coffers still he still has over 90 million dollars left over from when he ran for governor he can just switch that oh, over yeah. to a presidential campaign I will say though the one thing that Trump came out was it yesterday yeah I think it was yesterday and he said that he would punish doctors who provide gender affirming care to minors and he would also hold yeah. schools responsible he called it child abuse uh, child sexual mutilation and I I think that a lot of people are really going to agree with Trump on this. Yeah, that resonates. However, he did say a lot of things like, I'm going to build the wall when he was running for president, things that never came to fruition. So, Wasn't it funny that like Donald Trump asking for you know a couple billion bucks, not just a couple billion, mm-hmm. but in our country, right. just a couple billion, billion to help secure the border, that was asking too much. Mm-hmm. And now we sneeze that out and give it to Ukraine. Ukraine, right, exactly. <laughs> And, you know, Biden has the State of the Union address coming up in like a week. And there's only been one president ever who has not said the State of the Union is strong. Do you know who it was? Donald Trump. No, it was Gerald Ford. Ford, yeah. And he cited recession and inflation as the reasons why. Oh, well, well Biden's not writing his own speech. Biden doesn't even know that he's got a speech coming up. So he'll read it directly right off the prompter. And it's going to be fun watching him struggle through a speech mm-hmm. because he's a horrible person. And I like watching him <laughs> fail. Does that make me a bad person? No, not at all. But he can't say that because especially if he's going to run again, if Biden is going to run in 24, he can't come out and say that the state of the union is. And what Ford said was not good. That's what he said. The State of the Union is not good. Biden can't do that because he he has to take blame or credit for it. And wouldn't it be awesome if he came out and he said, well, I really I wet the bed on these documents (laughs) and uh, my my loser kid was pilfering my name for, uh, you know, financial gain. I want to see Kevin McCarthy get a little payback and tear up the speech in the background. (laughs) Like Nancy Pelosi did. That would be amazing. Payback is 
is a word that rhymes with witch. Yeah. Uh, Casey Daniels is here from the Kendall and Casey show. We were talking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame earlier today. Mm-hmm. And some of the folks that are on the list, nominee list to get in this mm-hmm. year, include Missy Mr. Meaner Elliott mm-hmm. and the rap group Tribe Called Quest. Right. Meanwhile, you have groups like Styx mm-hmm. that have never gotten in. A lot of big REO Speedwagon, speed fans mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Boston have not gotten in. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts? Um, I think that whoever is running the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now is trying to be inclusive and diversified. So, but it's not a rock and roll yeah, hall of fame. It hasn't Elliot's been a rock, rock hall of fame in a long time. It's been a music hall of fame. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, well, Willie Nelson is on the list this year. So that's not even, I mean, that's it's a about time. He's country 90. genre. Right. But I mean, it's, it's country. So it Who goes loves along. their specific drug more? Willie Nelson to weed, Hunter Biden to crack. Oh. Who loves their drug of choice more? I think I, Wow. I don't you know. You think about that. Yeah. Put it out on your social Willie's media. Willie's been doing it longer, right? <laughs> I mean, he's really committed to it, hasn't he? I actually met Willie Nelson. I was on his tour bus That's at one cool. time. And, did you uh, smoke a big fatty with Willie? Yeah, he was smoking one. The, the bus did smell like cannabis. That's a yes. And uh, the thing that struck me about Willie Nelson is that he was very gentle, and he actually seemed like he wanted to connect with people. He wasn't just this star who was too good Casey, for everybody. Casey, he was just high. He probably was high. But his hands were really soft that's weird like like that is smooth i don't know what to think about that i don't know why i remember that it just it's because you were high too (laughs) you got a side piece article okay i thought about you guys when i wrote this one i don't know why not that you've ever done this but 77 percent of gen zers have broken a phone and 74% of people between the ages of 30 and 44 have also broken a phone. And one of the top reasons people break their phone is from dropping it in the toilet. Yep. <laughs> yep. I can see it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll admit I stand at the urinal sometimes uh, with my thing in one hand and my phone <laughs> in the other. And it has the potential to happen. Uh-huh. It does. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hammer, do you ever drop a phone in the toilet? Uh, No, I have not. I've jumped into a swimming pool with it in my pocket. Oh, that's on the list as well. Yeah. Where can we find the side piece? WIBC.com. Casey, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's a Hammer and Nigel show. Tony Kennett coming up next right now. The news. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here, uh, education journalist and investigative journalist. Tony Kennett joining us live in studio. Thank you for filling in uh, yesterday while Hammer was out, Tony. Always a pleasure. Just a quick update. Remember the two uh, foster care moms that we were talking to yesterday, Braylon and uh, Melody? They were going to testify today uh, at the State House to improve foster care, Bill 1188. Sure. Uh, and they were both set to testify. They both had like five minutes and they were there and they were going to, you know, this bill is going to improve the foster care care system because it is broken right now um so the update is they weren't allowed to speak weren't even allowed in the room what opponents um to the bill uh judges and the dcs was allowed to speak about uh 1188 they wouldn't even uh, jerry tore 
Yeah, uh, it was a committee say, chair. That's, that's Tor's committee. So yeah. here's a here's a problem that I have with a lot of the Indiana State House and the Republicans. Why can't you guys run a committee? Why can't you guys run a testimony session every single time it's time to testify on a bill? You're supposed to hear opponents of the bill. You're supposed to hear people who are in support of the bill. And then that's supposed to be taken into consideration. And every single one of those simple procedures that like 30 out of the 50 states get completely right. It's a mess in Indiana. And now you've got two moms who are restricted from speaking on a foster care bill. Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, it's right. hard to believe there's actually opposition to a bill that is asking that kids not visit with their abusers or could be kept in, in foster care for years and years and years and makes it an incredibly difficult process to go through adoption. They weren't allowed to speak. We had them on the air yesterday. They were all set to speak in front of this and testify for 1188. These losers know they work for us, right? They work for the people. It's the Indiana General Assembly. And I get you can't take a Q&A session from every single person that walks by, but if somebody makes the time and they reach out and they schedule and they want to speak with you and you've heard the other side you should be able to listen to their point of view as well, right? And if you don't like it, then fine. But have the guts to sit there and listen to someone describe the bill. I remember when I spoke last year at the Indiana State House, and I, I had Democrat that. senators who that were awesome. giving me a ton of different questions and trying to throw me off, and I just calmly answered their questions because they needed to understand an educator's perspective on the bill that wasn't whatever the ISTAs regurgitating during, what would you call it, Hammer, red t-shirt season? Yeah, it's almost red t-shirt season at the Indiana General Assembly. The teachers are going to show up. Up, downtown red shirts red for ed they're gonna miss class they're gonna come down and i remember rob kendall and i walking over to the winter circle and <laughs> yeah. seeing teachers so passionate about children they were gambling and boozing it up so the uh, ista sends out emails mass emails that's pretty much all they're good for you pay them a thousand dollars a year as a teacher to get emailed that's a really great bargain and the ISDA emailed some teachers in the last couple of weeks. And just before the show, I just got a hold of one of them saying that Senate Bill 46, ooh, super scary, it's going to forbid teachers from talking to their administrators, which is a huh? lie. The bill doesn't say that at all. Like, not even close. Like, you can kind of figure it sort of gets close. This isn't even like, don't say gay bill in Florida lie. This is just, I, I, the ISD is scraping the bottom of the barrel, and I just feel bad for him at this point. Do teachers feel pressured, Tony, to join the teachers' union or the teachers' association? It depends on the district. My first year at Knightstown, I'll never forget this. They had some uh, ISTA rep get up, and she got to walk up in front of the, the open of the year meeting and talk to all of us. And she said in her shrill voice, the ISTA is an essential service for teachers. And all of the teachers that were around me laughed, like openly <laughs> laughed, chuckled. And there was one guy who was like, yeah, right. And the ISTA is losing its power because they're, they're, even if you want another Democrat union, the AFT is better in Indiana than the ISTA. That's Randy Weingarten's outfit. Still marginally better. And then there's an independent teachers union out of Crown Point that will do everything the ISTA does legally instead of for 1000 bucks a year, $100 a year, same legal protection, and they don't spam you with Democrat emails. So... I don't know. It's really funny watching them scream and cry uh, while they're losing members left and right because of the same kind of bad politics. You you write about how you help teachers leave the union, right? Yeah, I is have that what, a, like about, like how do you help somebody leave the union? Is there like a process you have to go through if you're a teacher? It it like, kind of depends. There's a lot of different ways out of the union. Uh, I've actually just told teachers to call. Uh, well, this was back when this they, was allowed. They can't just say I quit or, or not quit the teaching job. But they just they can't say all right, no no more fees for you. Uh, kind of. They can't just tell the union directly and be like I quit the gym. Like you can't do that. You actually have to. I've advised teachers before call the district. This again, this isn't a policy anymore because the IST 
USDA is no longer allowed to do this because of a bill that passed. But in a couple years ago, I would tell teachers, call the district office and say, don't allow any more of my paycheck money to go to the ISDA. And the district can't tell you no. They are required to follow your lead on deductions taken from your paycheck. Now, I just tell them to call their bank and not allow any money to go to the easy pay system set up by the ISTA. Seriously, call your bank, tell them, no, I'm done. Don't send them another dime. You'll find it's really funny. The ISTA won't actually realize you've left for months. That's how bad their record keeping is. And, uh, you know, you're not paying a bunch of money for nothing. Now, tomorrow, a story that you've been following very closely is the Pendleton situation. And tomorrow, I believe, is their big meeting. Are you going to that? Uh, I am. Whether it's public or private, I am showing up, even if I have to stand in the parking lot and wait for the superintendent to come out. Uh, Dr. Hall has shown himself to be very cowardly, in my opinion. If you show up with a media pass, do they have to let you in? Uh, This one right here. Uh, There you go. There's not really any precedent uh, for this in the state of Indiana. It's really weird. There's a special hearing that has... Has been convened for Kathy McCord, a counselor who is really beloved by the left, right, and center of Pendleton because she's a wonderful lady. She's had decades of service to the children and the families of Pendleton. And she's being axed because she confirmed to me that a gender support plan that was not allowed to be public was real. That's what she confirmed. She's like, hey, this this is a real thing. And they're, so they're, they're forcing firing her, her for out for leaking the crap that they're lying about. She's the problem, according to the Pendleton schools? Yeah, I could have easily foia that document and gone through. It would have been a couple months of delay while they came up with a reason why it took so long. And Kathy just showed us the template. No student's name on it, nothing incriminating, literally just a gender support plan that is supposed to be on the district website. The district is supposed to have all of its paperwork up on the website, available for parents to see. And they were hiding it because Dr. Hall is a coward. And, they were, and this and this plan uh, would allow teachers to lie to parents and 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 not tell them that they're going through this uh, gender affirmation process at school. Not allow them to, Nigel. Require them to lie to parents. Require. Wow. Amanda Keegan, uh, a wonderful teacher over at Pendleton, actually resigned in part in protest because she wow. said, "And I quote: I felt sick to my stomach having to lie to parents because it's it's disgusting." Do the schools actually believe that they can pull the wool over the eyes of the public? Because yep. we saw this down in Florida, right? They tried to shove all of this stuff in there, but they called it African-American studies. Mm, well, Ron yeah. DeSantis finds out and it's like, no, you can call it whatever you want. But if you have queer theory involved in this, this isn't something that children need to be studying. So they got rid of it. And of course, the media and the left tried to spin this as mm-hmm. racist. Ron DeSantis oh, yeah, doesn't sure. want African-American studies. We always hear people say, we don't teach that. We don't teach critical oh, race yeah, theory because sure. they call it something else. Right. So Dr. Hall and Joel Sandifer, Joel Sandifer is the former school board president at Pendleton. And I want everyone to hear these names because you need to understand that people in your community who purport to be leaders are sometimes liars. And these two gentlemen stood up in front. This is online. You can find the, the recording. It's prominent in one of my Daily Signal articles. And they told all of the parents that they had to keep pronouns and, and transgender stuff from parents because it was part of this non-discrimination policy the district had. By the way, this non-discrimination policy they're citing is from the U.S. Department of Agriculture on making sure that you give meals to students. Has nothing to do with gender, has nothing to do with health. It's about giving kid food. You can't like tell a kid, no, I'm sorry, you're in a wheelchair, you don't get food. That's it. That's the non-discrimination policy. But they're banking on you not being smart enough yeah, or they not doing the homework read. to try to pull the wool over your eyes. Like I said, they're not even good liars. It's like watching a kid in, in middle school, like say he didn't cheat on a test after you just watched him hang his neck over the person next to him and watch them take the test. 
unbelievable. We've talked about Pendleton a number of different times. What is going on up there? Oh, I'll tell you. Here's the, here's the answer. Here's a scuttlebutt. Because you guys are in Indiana who are listening right now, and you think, it's a red state. This can't be happening in my district. Who are your school board members right now, individual driving home on this fine Wednesday afternoon? Who are they? If you can't name your school board members, you need to know. You need to be active in your primaries, in your school board elections, because you are responsible for who gets put on the board and what decisions are made with your kids. Apathy has been a greater boon to the parents of Indiana than anything else in our education system. Got about one minute left here. And the foster care system, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well said. Yeah. Absolutely. Got about one minute left here. Last thing. Will we ever see... It become the law in Indiana. You have to register your political party to run for school board. It is currently uh, going through committee, and I absolutely hope so, because you should have a right, just like anybody else, to put a political letter next to your name. That should be your right. Why? If you want to put a D or an R next to your name, you're an American. Put one. What are you working on with Daily Signal? I've got some really great stuff coming up. I'm actually getting ready to go over and talk to Representative Teshka about the pronoun bill that everyone's bleeding like sheep over. It's going to be fantastic. I see Jerry Tor down there, too. I want to ask him why he didn't let the uh, foster care moms speak about uh, 1188 today. Well, he'll have to file an appointment yeah. with me because, you know, I'm just so busy. <laughs> Tony Kennett, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel Show. I know this is going to shock you, but I didn't stay up late for the IU game. Man, those 9 o'clock starts, they are a little rough for the old dudes like us. That's a rough start time. Apparently, it was rough for the Hoosiers, too. Yeah, so what do you make of that loss last night? Maryland's really good at home. They haven't lost a Big Ten game at home all year. But I would have liked to have seen Indiana be a little bit more competitive. And I knew this would happen. Like a nasty, gross performance trying to suck all the life out of the upcoming IU-Purdue game, game on of, Saturday. Yeah, and then Purdue plays tonight? Yep. Do they play tonight? They got Penn State coming up to West Lafayette tonight. Okay. Also coming up, more of the Hammer and Nigel show after 6 o'clock. An update on Joe Biden and more documents. Documents were not found at his beach house. I love we're surprised. Whoa. Damn, I didn't find anything today. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of secrets. I'll be a son of a blank. I want to know, I mean, he's got another house in Virginia. Are they ever going to search that? you got to be thinking the DOJ, the Merrick Garland, the FBI are all like, yeah, well, you know, let's let's go down there and look as well. You think Hunter is sweating a little bit knowing he left some drugs in some of those houses? <laughs> Damn, I hope they don't find my pipes. My stash. My stash. <laughs> Um, well, sad news to report. The inventor of Peeps Candy. Oh, like that marshmallow, like fluffy stuff you get around Easter time. Yeah, the rabbit-shaped, uh, you know, they come in the, the rows and the boxes. Little ducks sometimes. Yeah, are they ducks or, or what are they? There's are they rabbits, rabbits and there's ducks? ducks. Okay, and they, they're they like stuck together and they come in a bunch of rows and they're in a box. And- Straight sugar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. His name was Bob Burns, um, inventor of Peeps, died at 98 years old. Oh, man, that's a, a bummer. Big number. Lived a good, full life. Uh, we've got an update from Hammer and Nigel reporter covering the scene, actually. The man considered to be the father of Peeps Candies has died. Cause of death, yellow fever. Oh, when the God. doctor went to give him the bad news, he said... 
Don't sugarcoat it. It's true he was no longer a spring chicken, but everyone thought he was a real softy and a sweet guy. At the service, there were rows and rows of mourners. In his will, his family was upset because he only left them a single marshmallow, and they really wanted s'more. And now that he's gone, he doesn't make a peep. Reporting from the father of the Peeps Candy Funeral, I'm Craven Sugarbuzz. Craven Sugarbuzz. <laughs> See, the thing is, there's probably a radio guy on like a top 40 pop station hey, that has that name. That's right. Craven Sugarbuzz coming at you. I worked at a WZPL with a guy that called himself Buzz Craven. I remember that name. Yeah. Why do I remember that name? Did he do nights? He did nights. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, We'll be right back. It's the Hammer Nigel Show on 93 WABC. Have you ever been close to tragedy? Or been close to folks who have? Have you ever felt the pain so powerful, so heavy you collapse? 